All right, you ready? Ready. Okay. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Muzzleloaders podcast. We are in Belt, Montana, and we are with the Shearer family. Uh, we're with Marsha again, and we are very excited to be talking about uh, how to properly prepare wild game. So stay tuned. Uh, there's going to be a lot of really awesome tips on this one. So, uh, Marsha, why don't I know that you have a cookbook out? Uh, you're known for being an excellent cook, especially when it comes to wild game. And so I kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit because. I personally am not a very good cook, so uh, especially when it comes to wild game, it can be kind of tricky. So what are your some of your tips and tricks when it comes to, uh, let's say venison, for example, start there because venison is is one of the more widely consumed right, game meats. Right. So like, what are some tips and tricks you can use to prepare well, that? Well, venison is very lean. Mm-hmm. It's a very lean meat. It's very healthy for you. It's a great meat. The most common mistake that a lot of people make is they overcook. Mm. They overcook the venison. Um even if you like things not so much on a medium, but maybe a more of a well-done type side, mm-hmm. if the venison is cooked to that much, it's just there's no juice in it because mm-hmm. of it being so lean. Um, it just takes a lot of the flavor out of it. It's a completely different ballpark when mm-hmm. you do it. So the number one thing is they over, is to overcook it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times with your venison, um, there's all kinds of different ways you can prepare it. A lot of people say, I don't like the game. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like the game taste. A lot of that is not, it, it isn't how it's prepared in the kitchen, but it's also how it's processed. Mm-hmm. So from the field to the table, so to speak, um, taking care of that, that meat, getting it cooled down, you know, taking care of it properly, getting mm-hmm. it processed. Um, sometimes a lot of people will start processing it where, because it is so lean, generally they'll do like a nine to 10% on like the suet or the fat in it. And so mm-hmm. increase that just a little bit, maybe ask your processor to make it more of a 13 to 15% or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. just to up it a little bit. And that makes a difference. Um, that may help how, you know, you like the flavor of it. Um, tenderizing the meat, processing it. Um, there's some different tips that you can do. There's, there's one, I've tried it. I, I don't feel like I have to have it because I prepare it ways that, that my family, we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the different marinates you can use and you can marinate, you know, you can marinate up to 30 minutes, but you can marinate overnight. And that the longer you marinate, the more flavor that it's, it's going to be absorbed in the mm-hmm. meat. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is, this is a crazy little tidbit I got years and years ago, is that you can use dry ranch seasoning hmm. like a dry ranch package or even like at costco or sam's they have the big containers of like seasoning and it's ranch seasoning mm-hmm. is that you put that ranch all over on your meat and shake it all over it and just kind of let it sit in on both all around it set it set it aside for 15 minutes to 20 minutes and mm-hmm. then however you're going to prepare your meat you just prepare it like how you normally would mm-hmm. it doesn't leave the ranch taste to it but it does i don't know somehow it does something to counteract some of that wild game so I have a lot of friends that, that do that and try that. Um, when we get our deer processed with our venison, I like to keep the the back straps whole. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the processors will cut those and or they'll say how many it's packaged for. Mm-hmm. But I like to keep it whole um, the way I prepare it a lot. So I'll keep the, ten, the, the back strap whole. And then I use a tenderizer. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of different tenderizers out there. There may be one that you like that that's great. Excuse me, but the one I like is it's it's got a handle on it, and you just go straight down. If you watch Shoot mm-hmm. Straight TV, I have a segment every week that I do a recipe on there for recipes uh-huh. from the field, and I use that almost every week on something. Mm. Um, but it's got like the little 
daggers and knives, you know, like that concept where every time I go down, it's like 30 or 40 punctures that it's putting in there. Mm -hmm. So I tenderize it up and down and I'll leave those um, back straps whole and tenderize them. And then I kind of, sometimes if they're thicker, I'll like butterfly cut it to where it's opened up. So the steak is not as, you know, the venison, I'm sorry, is not as thick. So that way it will get, it's going to get done faster without me having to cook it longer mm. to over, to overcook it. Um, and I'll put cream cheese and chives and mushrooms and fold it together, wrap it in bacon, and put it on the grill whole. Oh, man. So then when you slice it, it's kind of like a medallion-type, you know, meat. And the ones on the end are a little bit more done, you know, mm-hmm. they're a little bit higher temperature than the ones in the middle. So if you kind of got a difference of meat temperatures that people like. But leaving those um, back straps whole is a really fun, good way to put them on the grill. I use our Pit Boss grill all the time. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's the pellet grill, and it's got the smoker in it. So I can cook it to the desired temperature I want and then put it on smoke for a little bit. That gets that flavor too. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways with that venison. Um, the cookbook that I have has got a lot of different marinates in it. Mm-hmm. But um, it, we love it. I mean, we just absolutely love it. But I think a lot of it is having the knowledge on how to prepare it. And like I said, overcooking it is probably the number one hmm. thing that everybody does. Interesting. So, because I've used I've used marinades to tenderize the meat in the past, mm-hmm. and so oftentimes I'll use something more acidic, uh, but that also tends to affect the flavor in it a way does that I don't really want. the flavor, want. right? And so I've used like lemon juice or lime juice, and it just gives it a really strong citrusy flavor. Is there mm-hmm. is there any like ingredient that's a good acidic that'll make it more tender that isn't going to affect the flavor in that way? Well, there's there's a couple recipes that I have that it's like a several things, so it's mm. not just one. Um, I've got a recipe that's got um, like molasses mm. and um, you can even want, I have one that has even like a jam or a jelly in it type thing. So you can use like molasses, a little bit of brown sugar, ginger seasoning, um, a couple other seasonings in there and it just makes a liquid form mm-hmm. and you just put your steaks in there or your, your meat in there or however it is cut and let it, a lot of times I'll cut it in strips and like smaller pieces. Again, mm-hmm. if you can get your meat smaller or thinner, it's going to cook quicker, but still keep the moisture and the flavor in there that, that you want with your marinades and stuff. So um, I have several different marinades that are real easy, four or five ingredients, mm-hmm. mix it all together, put it in a bowl or a Ziploc bag or a Tupperware or something, put it in the fridge overnight, pull it out, and it's good to go. So another thing, though, is sometimes it, you can take those that venison meat, um, if it's got, if it's been frozen and then you set it out it's got that blood on it Mm -hmm. there's a lot of times when you can rinse that off to get that excess on there where it's been sitting or or thawing out Mm -hmm. and you can even you some people soak it in milk Hmm. you can let it sit in milk for a little bit and then rinse that off that'll kind of pull some of that game out also interesting huh there's all kinds of stuff i i haven't known (laughs) um and with that so is there anything you can do with the temperature when you're cooking it to make it a little bit more moist? Because it is oftentimes you can get them a little bit thinner. Um, well, on like our a big, a cow, you know, beef steak. Right, right. Um, the, the difference is that I use the Pit Boss grill and I set my temperature that I have and then it's got that internal, my internal needle so I can put it right in there. Mm-hmm. So I know right where that temperature needs to be mm. to kind of keep it that medium I really don't want that medium well because it's going to start getting really yeah, tough. Right. Another good thing for venison too is I've learned about this from the guys at the NRA. Mm-hmm. And Chad came back from a trip there and he was telling me about it. And I'm like, I just don't know about that because it's stone ground mustard. Hmm. 
Interesting. That's all it is. And Chad is not a fan of mustard at mm. all. So I'm like, why am I going to rub mustard all over this, this, you know, backstrap? And he's mm. not going to like it because he doesn't like, but I took it. It's a stone ground mustard. I tenderized the backstrap out, like I was saying, up and down. Mm-hmm. And I take that stone ground mustard and just lather it on both sides of it. And then again, wrap it in a bacon because it is so lean that mm-hmm. bacon does, bacon is the duct tape of the kitchen anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. So anything with bacon tastes better, but it does add some more of that flavor and the grease to it, you know, some more liquefied, so to speak, from the bacon because mm-hmm. it is so, so lean. But you rub that all over on that. It does not taste anything like the stone ground mustard. You do mm-hmm. not taste mustard whatsoever. It's just some, it's like a marinade itself on the venison and i have never i have not served it one time when nobody everybody just loved it yeah just a week or two ago we served it and they thought it was beef because it just the flavor of it tasted so good interesting so that's a little tip that i've learned just recently from the guys at nra and i tried it and we love it it's a a go-to for me and it's fast and easy Mm -hmm. and it's yeah you can't really ruin that recipe you could do that recipe Darren. <laughs> i don't know about that we'll see <laughs> i'll have to try it and we'll i'll let you know yeah. <laughs> um what about with hamburger because oftentimes you do end up with a lot of hamburger left over you know you throw your tidbits in there and stuff and you grind it up what can you do uh with the hamburger to make it uh one hold together to make it taste really good you know what are what do you usually go through there well again i i really do increase i like to increase that suet a little bit mm-hmm. when they're processing it to add a little to put some of that flavor back into it um our our burger that we have where it's processed here is it normally stays together really good mm-hmm. um it does kind of want it sometimes i've heard a lot of people like just making burgers itself they want to kind of fall apart you can use some breadcrumbs mm-hmm. even you know a little bit of a, a like a tablespoon of milk and a couple tablespoons of breadcrumbs and mix it in it's gonna you know add a little more consistency it's mm. gonna add something to the burger uh, but you can do that um there's all different types of seasonings that you can get just the dry seasonings um mm. Again, Pit Boss just came out with, I don't know, 15 or 20 new seasons. And there's one that's called GSP. It's garlic, salt, and pepper. Mm -hmm. And it's just a go-to blend that's got a little bit of everything in it. And then you can add something else for that hickory flavor, the California rib, you know, all all the way from ribs all the way up to burger, Mm. hot, spicy, sweet. So there's a lot of that you can do. Um, We use a lot of, I've got a lot of recipes on our website for shoot straight tv that i have on our website mm. that are some of them are up there on video all of them are up there just in print um but we do i use that for burgers for you know taco pizza for mm. spaghetti um all types of different things so um homemade meatballs there's a bacon stuffed meatball that i do that is it's just phenomenal when yeah. i make it i just go ahead and triple the recipe because mm. it's so good but um there's a lot that you can do with a burger with that yeah. Uh, and you've hunted all over the world and obviously seen lots of different animals. I had the opportunity to prepare lots of different types of game. What has been your favorite meat that you've tried and prepared? Well, I didn't get to prepare it. I did get my hands in the kitchen a little bit, but when we were hunting in South Africa, mm-hmm. you get to try all that wild game mm. and it, it is phenomenal. Um, the wildebeest and the kudu mm-hmm. are except were exceptional. Um, a lot of times too, you do have to remember the the type of game that you harvest. Mm. If it's an older animal, or a versus a younger animal, that you are gonna just the same way with beef, you are mm. gonna have a little bit different flavor in that. Um, but the kudu and the wildebeest was extremely 
I mean, it mm. was delicious that we had prepared with us um, when they prepared it for us in South Africa. So cool. That yeah. was probably one of my favorites just to get to try. Yeah. And that's, that's something cool is you get to try those different types of species that you would never, I mean, you'd never be able to try that here. Right. Right. And so that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, what about wild turkey? Cause that's one that's always gotten me. I've tried multiple different ways and, uh, never found a way that I was really satisfied with. It always either ends up coming out too tough or not flavorful enough, or so I always make, do something stupid. Right. With it, too, so. too tough or, or like chewy mm-hmm. is the, probably the number one thing with wild turkey. Mm-hmm. We've recently started, I've tried a new recipe that we just love. It's our go-to. We do the turkey strips where you can, um, you beat them and tenderize them. Uh, you take the turkey breast and fillet them out. Mm-hmm. Two, you want to tenderize it to get that meat really thin. I mean, mm. really thin. And the other thing is, this is another way to make sure all the shot is out. Mm, so when you're tenderizing all that and getting it down and thin, um, we do some t- turkey strips out of it and different things like that. Uh, bread them and marin- uh, bread them and fry them and do mm-hmm. things kind of like a chicken strip, but it's a turkey strip. Mm. But the new recipe that we've done is it's like a almond gravy turkey. Mm. So we take the turkey breast and f- lay them out tenderize them where they're really really thin mm-hmm. um you've cut you've rinsed them off you know really well and then i take a paper towel to kind of dab them to get off any excess water off of those and then you're going to take them and we put it in a tempura batter oh interesting it's that is something very new i've never used that on turkey before mm. but it's a box it comes in it says tempura batter the secret when you're using tempura batter it tells you on there how to mix it with the powdered batter to the water Mm -hmm. but you want your water to be very ice cold Hmm. like i take ice cubes and put it in the water to make sure it's extremely cold that makes that batter mix up just right interesting a lot of people use this on shrimp or fish um, different things like that on tempura Mm -hmm. but we use it on the on the wild turkey and then you've just got a skillet a cast iron skillet or a big skillet with some oil in it mm-hmm. where it's good and ready to go put that in your tempura and you just put it right in there and it comes out very um the tempura batter on it, it's just real light and fluffy and you can serve that with just like sweet and sour sauce oh. some stir-fried vegetables and some rice and you've got a whole meal but i also make some almond gravy mm-hmm. so if you've ever had chicken almond gravy or some of these restaurants yeah. that you know oriental restaurants or things have that it's a it's a gravy with sliced almonds on it so you have that tempura turkey and put that gravy on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had somebody actually just uh, harvested a turkey a couple of weeks ago and came to the lodge and brought it. And they're like, we don't know how to cook this. We've never been able to get it where it's not, like you said, you know, chewy or gooey mm-hmm. or not just right. And so, so we said, let us show you the way we just made it, you know, mm-hmm. how I just described. Every piece was gone. Everybody else was wanting more of it. It was just kind of like an appetizer to uh-huh. let them sample it. And everybody was ready to go shoot more turkeys because they wanted yeah. to eat that again. So that is a new recipe that we've tried last year and this year, and we absolutely love it. So um, getting that turkey thinned out to where it's it's thinner is, is really the key with the wild turkey. Interesting. And would those same things, would they apply to like upland game birds and stuff right. like if you shot quail, you know, things like that, would that work too? That would work too. Exactly. Um, with duck, a lot of people think, mm-hmm. how do I fix, you know, the duck? We do the same thing. I cut it in little in strips mm-hmm. and t- first of all, I tenderize it and get it real thin. I put some uh, seasoning on it, like the GSP, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. Season it just with the light seasoning. And then I cut it in little cubes and you take that probably like a two inch, two to two to three inch strip mm-hmm. and you put a water chestnut in there, a piece of green chili and a pepper jack cheese, a little oh. cube of it. And you wrap it up, 
put the bacon around it and they're like little duck poppers huh. and you oh, put man. those put those on the grill and it's when the bacon on the outside use thinner bacon mm-hmm. that's the other thing is when i use those venison um, back straps i use kind of thinner bacon and not yeah. the real thick when that bacon is done your meat is pretty much just right where it needs to be interesting so that's a good uh, rule of character you know to kind of help you with your cooking mm-hmm. to know when the bacon's done you're done. Yeah. So yeah. we do the same thing with those deer poppers and they come out phenomenal. So this is a fun way to cook. Uh, yeah. Wild game is so good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people say, what do you do with all that meat? I'm like, we eat it. <laughs> we eat every bit of it or yeah. and share it. Yeah. So, but there's, there's a lot of great ways for the wild game to, to eat it and enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a really good one. I'll have to try that out sometime. And uh, so what are some other really good recipes that uh, that you've used in the past that have been really, uh, that have kind of changed the way that the game tastes? Well, I've got one that we have. It's a um, blue cheese, white blue cheese. Mm-hmm. I am not a big fan of like true, that blue cheese flavor. Mm-hmm. But this is to die for. It is delicious. It's actually in my cookbook that I have. And it's... Down yeah. home recipes. I'm right here. <laughs> there you go. It's actually in this in the cookbook. It's a it's a white sauce that you use. Mm-hmm. You um you can use any type of wild game, um, like venison, deer, moose, elk, mm-hmm. um, antelope. I think I've used all of that on it. Um, but you take the meat, tenderize it down, and cut it into little strips, almost like a bite mm-hmm. size, kind of like a stew meat sized, and you. Fry it up real low with um, some minced garlic, mm-hmm. and it's got all the different creamy sauces, and you can serve it with tortellini um, or rice. And it is, anybody who's ever had it, again, never even, you know, I've had people, I shouldn't say this, but I've had people come to say, because they know we eat wild game and we do what we do, mm-hmm. they'll tell me ahead of time, I don't not, I want to know what I'm eating tonight, you know, or something. <laughs> like, literally, they say that. They're almost fearful, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes I have pulled a trick on a couple people that I knew they could take it, and I knew they would love it if uh-huh. they just ate, you know. it's Some of it is just getting past the mental part of it, True. too. yeah. So, I did not tell them at all. Thank goodness they did not ask, so I didn't have to answer them. <laughs> and they ate it all, and we waited till we were all the way done. And mm-hmm. then I said, now, what do you think you just ate? And then they, you could see the look on their face. They were scared to death, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, that was elk, or that uh-huh. was a white tit. You know, that was a deer we got, or that was moose, you know. And they they just could not believe it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is is just knowing how to prepare it and using the different recipes. Yeah, um, Antelope is phenomenal. But again, it is based on... It's what the animal's been eating on can mm-hmm. make a difference. You get an antelope that's been eating on sage, it's going to taste completely different than an animal in our area here in Montana that's been eating on the alfalfa, mm-hmm. all the big, the delicious alfalfa. It's just a completely different taste. Yeah, yeah. So, but man, antelope, I, it, it's a real easy recipe. I take it out, tenderize it, put some seasoning on it, and I'll throw it in a bag of um, zesty Italian dressing mm-hmm. and just let it set and then throw it on the grill. Yeah. It's that's phenomenal um and the other thing is is you you know we use i use the pit boss grills here at home i've Mm -hmm. got the the pellet grill and then i've got the vertical cooker and i love both of those Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of times when you go out in the in the woods your back country you're hiking in 
maybe you're just taking a couple days camping or something mm-hmm. like that. You, you're not going to haul everything with you. There's there's wonderful portable size ones now. They have yeah. a country smoker that is so small that mm-hmm. you can have that experience there. But sometimes you have just an open open fire or a Dutch oven or cast iron. So you mm-hmm. can cook all those great recipes with the wild game or whatever you harvest right there you know literally from the field to the yeah. you know to the to the stove so um to the dinner table but there's a lot of great ways to do it you know that way um but yeah in my cookbook there's a lot of different recipes a lot of different great marinades um that you can use so mm-hmm. it's 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 there's nothing like harvesting something preparing it and then preparing a meal to yeah. serve to your family and mm-hmm. you know it's just i don't know it's very rewarding so um i lo- we love the buffalo we were there very thankful for the restrictions, you know, with all that we had, that we had a lot of meat in the freezer. Yeah. And again, we made, I had the, the processor to add a little bit extra percentage to it. Mm-hmm. And it is just been phenomenal. Buffalo burgers. Yeah. I've got, you know, out West cowboy beans are a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I throw some of that Buffalo burger in with the cowboy beans and I had somebody taste it the other day. They didn't even like beans. And they liked the <laughs> cowboy beans with the buffalo. And they're like, I could, it was just a side dish. And he's like, mm-hmm. I can make a whole meal out of this, you mm-hmm. know? So it's, it's just being open to try different things, not being afraid to try it and, and to just get out there and, and see what's out there, educate yourself on some of the things. But really tenderizing the meat, not overcooking it. Um, again, bacon, that's phenomenal mm-hmm. with everything. So yeah. there's a lot of different great recipes and different ways to do it. I think there's a big appeal to wild game now. Uh, you're starting to see it come on more where people want to know where their food's coming from and right. know what it's being exposed to. Exactly. And so when you go to the store and you buy a steak, you're not really sure. You don't know where that's where it's come from or mm-hmm. where it's been. But with hunting, you're able to see the animal. You're able to kill it. You're able to take the meat and prepare it yourself and process it. You can even process it yourself. Right, right. Uh, you could go from... The whole nine yards all on your own and really make sure exactly. that everything's quality. So. Yes, yeah. And you know exactly how it's handled, where it's mm-hmm. been handled, how it's been taken care of and everything. Yeah, Yeah, and no no hormones or anything like right, that. So right. It's just all natural. It's all natural, organic. There's a lot of people, even across the country, you know, with women in the outdoors, there's a lot of ladies that are getting out there. They're starting hunting mm-hmm. because they want to provide more meat for their family. And they want that good organic meat. It's healthy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of ladies in the outdoors that are getting out there to enjoy the outdoor for the sport, but mm-hmm. also for the benefit of having the meat. Yeah. And what are some what are some good side dishes that you could prepare with those too? Because you're you know you talk about having natural meat. You know people have their own garden sometimes. Like what are some good you know vegetable dishes? Whether it's potatoes or you could do. Green I beans. throw that that. Um, backstrap mm-hmm. lots of different ways that we do the backstrap on the grill and i will take a, just a little bit of olive oil and rub it over a, asparagus mm-hmm. and then put mm-hmm. some seasoning on it i'm already grilling so i put that on the grill that's phenomenal um when we're out we go out fishing a lot of times and we'll mm-hmm. take that country smoker it's a smaller grill out by the lake and we'll throw the steaks on some venison backstraps or you know moose or whatever we have and then i'll take an already uh, prep up the potatoes and clean and have them cleaned and washed and then i we we slice them i don't know if you've ever done that but you take a whole baked potato and you slice it but you don't slice mm. it all the way down it's like you slice it all the way to the edge so it looks like it's almost like a mm. fan accordion type thing yeah put a little big piece of butter in between each one of it and some cheese and you just leave that there on the grill and let it cook you oh, know man. slow and it's yeah so a good old baked <laughs> potato um, we love the corn on the cob where we'll wrap it up and 
butter it up in season and foil and or you can sometimes a lot of people even in the shuck that's really a, a good way and a fun way to do it too yeah. to let it roast and, and grill or the open fire or on the grill either one so i mean we we i make you know desserts pizzas cookies everything um outdoors whether over the open fire or on the grill so yeah there's a lot of different side dishes you can you can do with that sure and so when you're cooking on an open fire you obviously have a lot less control over temperature and things like that yes does that really change how you prepare the food or is there things you need to be cautious of when you're cooking on i, I do think it does change some of those things it just adds some of the extra elements to it mm-hmm. um again you're not it's not a completely a controlled heat so you do have to watch it so to speak babysit mm-hmm. it a little bit more um than other types of cooking that you might do um, so you have to be able to watch that and the be- it's better to always cook it a little bit lower have a lower heat mm-hmm. Um, or lift your pan up above the heat so it's not directly on it because that way it's evenly cooked. If you have that, you know, if you're cooking cast iron or an open grid or something like that and you've yeah. got it really close to the flame and the fire, you're going to get it done really fast, really quick, but it's going to be all, the heat's not going to be even spread. Mm-hmm. The things on top and the things on the bottom, you know, depending on what you're cooking. So it's it's better to lift it up a little bit and cook it a little bit longer than to overcook it or burn it or get the things on the bottom way done and everything on top's not. So um, you just kind of have to watch that temperature and keep the distance. Or if you see it's cooking really fast, then lift it up a little bit yeah, to yeah. kind of balance that out a little bit. So there there is a lot of different things with cooking open fire versus, you know, the stove or the grill or different things like that. So. Interesting. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of animals out there that just have – um, different flavors, different things. You know, we, we were talking before about, about bear and how with bear, it's really difficult to make anything besides sausage with it. You know, yeah. um, a lot of people like the bear to me. It's, it's very oily. I don't mm-hmm. acquire a taste a lot for the bear. So we do, we make a lot of sausage, breakfast sausage, summer sausage, mm-hmm. um, like sausage, like a brat sausage yeah. stick type thing. Um, or that you can cook on there. So there's a lot that you can do with it. You can put it in a slow roaster, like mm-hmm. a cooker and just cook it very low and slow with a lot of other, you know, seasonings and stuff on it. But it, it it's just a, it's a choice and flavor and different people have different, you know, likes or dislikes. Sure. So yeah. <laughs> with like anything else. So yeah. Yep. And so if, if all, all this information, everything, and you have your own cookbook and, and the, the segment on Shoot Straight. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody wanted to get access to your recipes, your content, like where would they go? On our website, that? shootstraighttv.com. Mm-hmm. There are hundreds of recipes on there. We just make them public on there. So you can go right to the website and click on recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also go onto the website and purchase the, the cookbook. We have mm-hmm. it for sale on there also. So the shootstraighttv.com would be the best resource to go mm-hmm. there. Email, our email's on there. Somebody has a question about how to cook or how to prepare something or whatever, we're always open to receiving emails, and we like hearing from the fans or anybody, yeah. you know. So that's a, that's the best way to get in touch with us. Cool. Sounds good. Well, I, I know that I will be on there this evening purchasing a cookbook. So so now that we've talked about all these recipes, yeah. I th- we're both getting very hungry, too. Yes. So. <laughs> well, I think it's about dinner time then. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on here and uh, guiding me personally and all of our listeners on how to properly prepare wild game. And if you guys have any questions, make sure to check out Shoot Straight TV. Check out uh, Marsha's cookbook and the show and uh, make sure you educate yourself that way. And if you have any questions for us, feel free to give our customer service team a call and we'll always be happy to chat with you. So thanks so much. Uh, We'll see you next week. Remember, shoot straight, shoot off, and have a blessed week, everybody.